She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. I think I'm due for just a little bit of a refreshing haircut. That's what I'm going to try to do next. Every time uh, I, I look in the mirror at my beard, I think I probably should do something about it. It's getting pretty wild. And then I stop looking in the mirror. <laughs> up permanently it has a spot in our house where you go to rebound there's a japanese divider installed the japanese (laughs) divider because he likes to rebound with privacy i do which is funny because i can still see him popping up and down from behind (laughs) the the, the japanese design flaw there's a design flaw and i didn't consider how high i can jump and sometimes i actually hit my head on like a pipe I always thought yin yoga was for losers, Um, and that still may be true. I'm just one of them. (laughs) Well, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. Hello, hello. It's great to have you here this week. We're talking about some of the practices we've been getting back to on our sabbatical this winter. It feels like a larger update of like, here's what our day-to-day look like on sabbatical. And here are all the ways that we take care of ourselves. Yeah, I think that's it. All the ways we take care of ourselves, all the ways we're coming back to ourselves, and all the ways we're nurturing ourselves. Yes. The last third of this conversation goes off in an interesting direction. We Um, love a tangent, you know. Um, We'll leave that as an Easter egg. (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hello, far out people. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, Alistair. Hey, Julie Roxanne. Mr. Beard. Yeah, thank you. I see you're doing the middle part. <laughs> oh, that's just from yesterday. I'm not quite used to it. I'm trying the middle part on my hair after pretty much like mo- all of my adult life and most of my teenagehood wearing a side part. Um, Apparently so- the side part is old hat. All oh, the wow. All the young people are doing the middle part. That's not really the reason I'm going for the middle part. I'm just at a point with my hair where I like them, uh, like the length. And I'm just ready for a change. I don't want to cut them, but I want to change something with the way that they look. So, which has never happened before. Usually when I want to change with my hair, I just go all in and I cut them and I don't want to do that. So trying the middle part, not sure, not sure if I like it. Yeah. I think I'm due for just a little bit of a refreshing haircut. That's what I'm going to try to do next. Every time uh, I I look in the mirror at my beard, I think I probably should do something about it. It's getting pretty (laughs) wild. And then I stop looking in the mirror. We, uh, we're continuing to have people who haven't seen you in a long time when you like show up on a Zoom and they haven't seen you in a long yeah. time. They're like, whoa, okay. Yeah, whoa, uh, hey, oh, all right, got to adjust. All right, yeah, yeah I've got to adjust. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> 
Ginger Jesus. So that those are our hair updates, apparently. Yeah. We just finished our Wild Man and Wild Woman programs, eight weeks. We did, yes. Those were beautiful. Uh, we take we take people through. I thought you were of, gonna like. We take great pride. We do. We yeah, do no, too, we right? do. Yeah, I mean, we take people through a pro- process of meeting the wild one within, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a very intimate and intense container. And it's always, uh, there's always a relief at, at the end of it. Or yeah. I found that so far of like, oh, great, I get my Sundays back. Because there's a fair amount of prep and it, energetically, it's it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's also bittersweet because uh, we, we go on these journeys um, and share a lot. Um, it's pretty intimate and um, vulnerable place. Yeah. And uh, we get to know each other um, in, a play, in, in a way that's not very common. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. These days, and so it, it can. It's a little sad uh, ending that yeah, as it's well. Sad when it's over, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. I do. I relate to the. You know, it's also it's also work, right? Like we we are oh, yeah. holding the space. We're preparing for the calls. Like there's a lot of it's very involved. So part of me is like, yay, done with that worked pro- project. You know, it's like no yeah. matter how awesome the project is, you're always happy when it's completed yeah. and and done well. Um, but then I'm like, but it's too fucking good. Uh, can we keep going for another eight weeks? Like, I don't, I'm going to miss the Sundays. Like there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period of like, oh, I don't have three hours with Epic Women on Sunday. Um, what else am I going to do? Till we do it again. Till we do it again. Indeed. Indeed. We, uh, we thought we'd talk this week a little bit casually, uh, cause we are on sabbatical after all. <laughs> Um, Honestly, I'm uh, I'm at the point I want to say something about the sabbatical. Uh, I'm at the point in the sabbatical where I have decided that the general sense of peace and the lack of pressure that I'm experiencing and the the ability to tend to my nervous system, those are not things that are just going to stay in the sabbatical. I'm taking that with me as we move into the rest of the of, into the next year. You heard it here first, listener. No. <laughs> Just say, I'm, I think uh, a part of me thought that this was just going to be a sabbatical. And then I think I think when we started it, it was like, OK, things are things we need to stop because we're it's awful and things are hard and all that. And so we stopped. And there was a part of me that was like, and at the end of that period of rest, we'll go back to the way things were. And it's pretty obvious to me that I'm not going back to the way things were. And I'm talking more of an internal, like how we, how I do it versus yeah. what I do. Like, I think what I do won't probably change a whole lot, but how I do it. Yeah, I think there's some agreement from both of us that uh, going forward, we're going to have to find a way to do things differently. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that there's also a there's also kind of an agreement that our bodies are gonna remind us if we don't. Yes, you know, so like we're kind of trapped, anyways. <laughs> in I don't know, trapped. Our bodies are communicating what they need, and so if we're gonna walk the walk, we have to walk the walk. So that's, wow. that's my that yeah. Thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down. <laughs> Was it good though? Like, wasn't it actually good? Was it? Was, did it sound stupid? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you tuned me out, yeah, did you? Out, yeah. I hate when you do that. I can see it in your eyes when you're like, I don't give a shit about what she's saying right now. <laughs> so on this uh, sabbatical, we've uh, we've been getting back to some of our practices um, and discovering some new ones as well. Oh yeah. And um, I thought it'd be fun to you know talk about that a little bit getting back to practices. Yes. This is a time of the year, maybe it's not actually, 
with with the holidays coming up and everything. God, I don't know what time of year is the getting back to practices time of year. I, I, we fill the year with so much shit. There's never a time to get back to practices. Well, that it again. It depends on what kind of paradigm you live in inside. Like if because if you if you if you have the mentality that like every there's always an opportunity to get back to practices, you can twist anything to. I know. Make I'm it just talking like about that. is it is it like is it after Black Friday <laughs> or is it like around Easter? <laughs> <laughs> or is it April Fool's so, or St. Patty's Day? I'm not really sure. When who, is, but yeah, who are when, you asking? Is when my is question. back to practices yeah, day okay. or week? Yeah. Um, anyway, we're there, and <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. So what 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 are um, what are some of the things you're getting back to as we because we've had more time. Um, we've been taking it really slow, mm-hmm. and um, we we've been kind of doing things for ourselves. Yes. Um, just hard to do. Yes, and it makes the like the days are feel a lot shorter these days. Well, yeah. they are in one way. They very much are because it's dark and you know, like everyone's experiencing it in the in the norther you are, um, norther norther you are. The more north you are. Yeah. Um, I think. Let's see. I'm gonna try to. I mean, I, I could just take take you through the day, but. I think one practice that I want to start with, and there's many more, but I'm going to start with this one. I really make a lot of effort to not look at my phone until many hours after I've woken up, like many hours. Like today, I I looked at my phone at 12:45, and I got out of bed at 10. So that's person like that's a good three hours is usually like I've had a good morning if I if I didn't check my phone for three hours that's not a thing that I force myself to do it's just the quality of my focus and my ability to because morning time are more about like study I feel if I can Mm -hmm. um I usually will have a time to meditate either right as I wake up or after breakfast, if I'm hungry when I wake up and I, I need to, or if I'm going to meditate for like 40 minutes, I probably would want to have some food before I do that, just because I'd, I'd like, I like to eat within the first hour after I wake up. But that, and then, and then I usually kind of have breakfast and move on to some sort of studying uh, and reading materials that require my There seems attention. to be a general pattern on the reading because we've both been doing more reading after a time where where reading was falling by the wayside a little bit. Totally. Um, and in the mornings, um, we tend to take on the, the more the study materials, the stuff we're, we're actively contemplating, engaging with. Um, for me, this has been revisiting the, the Wild Man Within book, um, mm-hmm. Iron John, as well as we're currently in our own kind of study group or training group. And we're reading, um, scripture there, not, uh, we're reading, uh, Shiva, Shiva Tantra mm-hmm. scriptures there, uh, non-dual scriptures and, uh, some called other, the recognition sutras. Yeah. And so, some other materials. So I, I find in the morning or sometimes early afternoon, I, I've heard this thing before and I think I find it true, although I'm not maxing out this time, but I've heard it said many times. It's it's uh you have about three good hours a day, mm. as far as like really applied learning. Mm-hmm. Like not to say that you can't do other things, but like three hours where you can really, really kind of stretch your brain and get into things. And and after that, there's a diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. 
I found that to be fairly true for myself. Yeah. And so I'll try to hit that hard, like first um, with my with my best energy. Yeah. And then we've been also like getting into a, a rhythm of, of reading in the evenings um, yes. before bed, which I, I really like. So that's getting us in bed a little bit earlier. We probably read for about an hour every night, if, yeah. if not more. Sometimes I stay awake a little bit after you and I keep reading with my red light on. And this is fairly new for me and I go through phases of it, but I've been not as new for you, I think, but I've been reading more fiction mm-hmm. at, at night, just like stories and, and stuff that I don't have to pay too much attention to. I've been reading a sci-fi series called Hyperion, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Been been enjoying that. On well. that note... I feel like t- this year has been the return, the real true return of fiction in my life. I feel like the first few years after meeting you was like, you were all about the nonfiction and the the, the brain food and the learning. And, blah, blah, blah. and so I, I really like followed that. And it was great. I read so much great, great things that shaped who I am now and all that. And I think that that that. Right now, I'm more in a phase where if I had my way, if I didn't like try to inject a little bit of nonfiction in my day every day in some form, I would just read a lot of fiction. Um, I'm like exactly the opposite. (laughs) 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 Uh, But yeah, this year and and here's here's my advice, because I think that like some people might relate to what I'm sharing. Fiction, I like reading it at night. I like reading series. Because then I feel like I can really get lost in a world. And the way that I did that, that was just perfect for me, is that this year I decided that I would reread all of the Harry Potters. And it took me eight months um, because I wasn't reading every night and I had quite a freaking busy, busy year. So like sometimes that would not happen. but uh, Or I would read like three pages and fall asleep. But I love reading series and, and I feel like you get really lost in the world. And as of yesterday... I've remind I am I am reminded of something that I love really a lot in the fiction fiction realm is uh, the book equivalent to bullshit rom coms. We got a library card, which like you know by now because I I talk about it li- literally every episode, and I'm realizing that I can read these books that I would never pay for. Like I I would not buy these books. Like it's it's hard for me to justify spending seven or ten dollars on these books. But I can rent them for free. And so yesterday I started a book that's like rom Christmas rom-com in a book, which is like for some reason, why didn't that did I never think of this before? And yeah, so my I think this is a new obsession and I'm gonna spend some time doing that uh in and it's really like it's super fucking corny like it's not it's really bad like and it's funny because at the bottom of the thing the the review on it is like this author's writing gets better every book and i'm like wow this is this is like high quality writing wow that's really bad but okay like that's a pretty bad testimonial to put on your like on your cover page author gets the writing gets better every time they put something out but she just like it's, it sounds like those authors that just like publish a book every year because yeah. I mean those books don't take a whole lot to write yeah. right um I I um I think maybe something inside this practice practice within the practice is that we're not looking at electronics for at least an hour before we go to bed yeah um th- like that just naturally makes that happen mm-hmm. um 
And I think that's been reading a little bit of fiction is a great way to put you to sleep. Yes. Um, so that, that's been that's been pretty great. Yeah, I think uh, it is. It is funny. I when I um, when I attended the the retreat that I chefed for in in October, my roommate reminded me that for in a lot of situations, people like it's pretty common for people to take their phone in bed with them and like have all the lights out and then like be staring at the screen for like an hour before bed. It's crazy. There's a no phone rule in our bed. Yeah. And whenever I try to break that, you're like, no phone rule. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I, I, think- I appreciate it because I can tell what it does to my nervous system. It gets me all riled up. Like yeah. I just like, ah. yeah, I, I, I respect the fact that you don't look at your phone first thing in the morning. Sometimes I do when I have meetings and stuff just to make things, make yeah. sure things haven't been changed. But I definitely have been limiting phone time yeah. as, as much as possible. Yeah. Another practice um, that I've been getting into is rebounding. This is I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very real with you, listener. This this I know Alistair enough to to know that this topic is really why we're recording this to, this episode today. Like it's like we're talking about practices, but really Alistair wants to talk about rebounding, and I, I'm kind of I'm on board. I, yeah, I'm on board. I mean I think it's I, I'm not I'm not it's not a ten out of ten, <laughs> yet, but like. <laughs> It's pretty cool. So rebounding. It's a solid 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. But that's still not a 10 out of 10. It's true. So like the, a rebound, I, I didn't know what rebounding was before, um, but my nutritionist recommended it recently as a way to get the lymph moving because uh, this lymph um, is part of your immune system, right? The the lymph fluid. And it's not pumped like your like your, your blood is, or, or we can debate that anyway, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't move uh the same way it needs you kind of needs movement to move mm-hmm. and um and this is the lymph kind of deals with it's it's part of like kind of what detoxes and, and kind of it moves um toxins kind of throughout the body and helps them get to the places they need to go to be recycled and things like that mm-hmm. so i've been finding ways to to stimulate lymph and one of them apparently is or at least theoretically i don't i don't know if fda has approved this statement, but um, <laughs> is to jump on a small trampoline, <laughs> which actually is a lot of fun. Um, I sometimes like so, so I do it for like a minimum of ten minutes a day, and I'd like to work up to like two or three times a day. Mm. But just tell you can't say I've had the worst day of my life if that day included ten minutes of rebounding. That is really there true. is just something mm. pretty great pretty fun about rebounding and you put on a, like a little bit of music maybe some like whatever whatever your genre is i like to get in like i like to get something a little upbeat you know a little like <laughs> like maybe i'm doing some breath work maybe there's some drums maybe there's some electronic pulse to it you know and you just you jump up and down for 10 minutes and it apparently it's more effective than moving uh like two to three times more effective than moving lymph than any other physical activities like mm-hmm. running or swimming or things like that um, it, it tends to do it well, but in, I think it stimulates the immune system and it definitely seems to improve mood. That's yes. I think so recently we, uh, those may not be different, but those might be very, might be related. I don't know. I think it's really hard to take yourself too seriously and having a bad day if you rebound because yeah. it's like, the, it brings out the childlike quality. Uh, yeah. we recently saw a, I just want to say this also that if, uh, it, you can take that even further, which is like, you can't take yourself too seriously if you own a rebounder. That's fucking We have true. a very small house. <laughs> we have a very small house, but we have made room 
for a rebounder. There, it's it's set up permanently. It has a yeah, spot a in our spot. house where you go to rebound. Yeah, and there, there's a Japanese divider. Alistair installed the Japanese <laughs> divider because he likes to rebound with privacy. I do. Which I do is like funny because I can still see him popping up and down from behind <laughs> the, re- the, the, the Japanese divider. There's a divider. design flaw. There was and, a design flaw and I didn't consider how high I can jump. And sometimes I actually hit my head on like a pipe. That's above. I don't know what the pipe is, but like it's PVC pipe of some sort. And I I hit my head. And then yesterday I was getting like a little, you know, like sometimes I like to dance. Yeah, yeah. So the arms, he tr- he throws in yeah. the arms. Too. I figure that's also good for the, like more movement, right? <laughs> Can't hurt. So, and sometimes I'll close my eyes and like, you know, like get into it and maybe like, like express some of the lyrics and yeah. stuff. I almost fell off yesterday. <laughs> I almost fell off the backside of the rebounder because I got too into it. So just a fair warning, um, may result in injuries too. Oh my God, that is great. I mean, how often, like, so I've been making this a daily practice and then I want to get back to what you were saying because I'm sorry I interrupted, but. This is what I was telling you guys about. This is, I know (laughs) he's trying to pretend like he just wanted to talk about other practices, but really this is why we're talking about practices. We haven't talked about it for a while. I think you're right. Yeah. But it's like every day it's like, hey, it's like you should have to put like a quarter in a in a yeah. in a, a machine yeah. for this privilege. Right. Yes. Like like this is like, like as a kid, like riding on Dumbo, you know, at the supermarket, <laughs> like you get to just bounce and dance for 10 minutes. And and you can even tell you the logical part of your brain that you're doing it for your health. <laughs> it's awesome. This should give you all the insight you need to have into Alistair's world and how his brain and psychology orients to the world. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to a book on tape uh, that... or on Audible. Yeah. Nonfiction, of course. Nonfiction, of yeah, course. Yeah. Oh, my God. Would you ever read fiction on Audible? That's... I have, yeah. I, I took down Shantaram on oh, Audible. Yeah, that's yeah. like a nice solid 40-something hours, I think. Yeah, that's probably why. It's because it's a big book and then you can claim that you did it, right? It's not. Oh, God. No, <laughs> I, I, want, I was in India, so I was reading a book about India. <laughs> it's a cult classic. Um, so I love that we're spending this much time on the Rebounder. Honestly, when you bought it. 50 bucks, by the way. You can get one a good one. We got a good one. We'll link the one we had. Yeah. We'll link it's it. It's 50 bucks. We'll link I it. I mean, 50 bucks for happiness. 50 bucks for Pretty happiness. good deal. Pretty good deal. And maybe and maybe some health benefits. And, Asterix, and not FDA approved. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I love the fact that we have such a tiny house and that there's a dedicated space for the rebounder. When you first brought this into our home, you know, I know, I knew about the physical benefits, but I was like whatever. And I started, I tried. And honestly, the first week or two weeks, you were like, you should get your rebounding on, sister. Like, go, go, (laughs) Corian, it's time to rebound. You were like kind of reminding me that it was there, but I could not do more than like a minute at a time because it felt weird. Like my, my legs were hurting. It felt like my brain was moving in my skull and I wasn't a big fan. But then, and I would like, you know, painfully wait until the timer was over to get off. And then I would like feel weird on the ground for a minute. But I have since discovered my way of enjoying it, which is not music, is uh, I put, this is the moment where I watch the little bit of like comedians that I watch on YouTube, because the videos are usually like four to seven minutes, usually closer to 
two two to four minutes and so usually I'll watch two and then that gives that gets me to like six to eight minutes of rebounding which I feel is solid it is a nice thing to have because sometimes I feel like in a funk and I feel like I need to move some energy but I don't want to go through the process of fucking unrolling my yoga mat and and getting you know yeah. like getting in the right clothes or whatever and so I just step into the ice box, which is where our our uh, rebound is. Our not insulated shipping container. So it's, it's it stays pretty cold, and I rebound while watching a comedy that YouTube go. recommended me. And it's it's a it's a great it's, it's a great. solid state I, changer. I come out, yeah, I come out, and I'm like a different person. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned uh, another state changer that I, I've been getting into a lot, which has been Yin Yoga. I always thought Yin Yoga was for losers, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> That still may be true. I'm just one of them. (laughs) (laughs) You're on fire today. I keep you good. Yeah. I I was always a vinyasa flow kind of guy or hot yoga. I like the action. I like the the movement. And uh, I like the women that go to those classes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. but now I've been doing some yin yoga. Now you're married, is that the I am married. <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. Um, and, not that it mattered before, Alistair. I'm sure right. nothing ever happened with the women at the yoga not, class. It's not true in my mind it happened. <laughs> um, Such a fucking creep. <laughs> oh, come on. I, I'm joking. Pretend like that's not normal. Everyone's yeah, yeah, though. I know. I get it. Um, so... All right. So, yeah, yin yoga. You've been getting into it, too. We've been doing it. Um, I'm the one that's been trying to tell you, like, hey, we should do some yin yoga. And you were like, no, let's move some. Let's do some kettlebells. Like, well, so that's another thing we've been doing is yes. kettlebells. That's our two other kind of, like, exer- exercises. We that, alternate between between yin yoga and kettlebells. Yeah, because there's really no outdoor space. And both of these can be done indoors, which is great. Yes. So we do kettlebell, like, uh, high interval training kind of mm-hmm. workouts or something that gets the heart rate up as well and gets the sweat on. And um, and then yin yoga and and we mentioned this before, but the I, I come out of yin yoga feeling stoned yes. a lot of the time, and it's it's very pleasant. And um, I also do think it's helping my back. I've been having some, or I've been trying to recover from a, a pretty serious back injury for a while, and I I think it may be helping. Yeah. Um, with that, I have um I have like a low back chronic issue that I've had for three or four years, something like that. And um, this is kind of a side note, but I feel like you and I both have the approach, at at least I'm going to speak for myself. I like the approach when I have an issue with my body to treat it as like a puzzle and a mystery to be solved. It feels... It feels like this way. It's not like oh, I'm trying. It's like a it's like a secret language that I'm trying to decode, basically. And I find it if I find that a fun way of looking at it. Even things that are f- painful can then become this like oh, but I'm on like the you know hunting for the clues to understand what is being said to me. And Yin Yoga, which we did a liver meridian Yin Yoga uh, the other day. And it was all about inner thigh and groin, which... I almost threw out my back on that one. (laughs) It was a forward fold on that, which, like, apparently the woman could, like, fold from the hip. It's like, basically, if you were just sitting down with your legs in front of you and, like, folding forward, she could go down the ground. 
I think I could go like two inches forward. <laughs> and you're supposed to like relax in that. I had like back yeah, pain. Alistair just next... looked like he was sitting down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had lower back pain for two days. <laughs> But you, you got rid of your lower back pain. For yeah, two I days. got I got I, rid of I my I got lower back pain. Maybe I got your lower back oh, pain. Of course that's probably what happened. Oh. No, but no, but um this felt like a really important piece of my my chronic pain puzzle because it really taught me how much that lower back pain actually is connected to my inner thigh and groin which are very tense most of the time. And so that was, I don't know, that was a great, like, oh, yeah, I am on, this is the next clue, onward. I think something that's been interesting for me about yin yoga, I've been, I've always been so resistant to it because it seems so um, soft and slow. And I've been, there's been a softening this year for me mm -hmm. where I, I've been moving away from um, intensity all the time. I'm fairly intense and I seek out a lot of intense experiences and as you were saying about like a mystery to be solved, like those seem to be some of the clues to some of the issues I've been facing as well. Mm -hmm. And um, the sabbaticals allowed us to kind of slow down. And I've been experimenting with things that are not my normal go-tos. Mm -hmm. And it's there's been a joy in like discovering things I had overlooked or kind of, mm -hmm. um, what's the word? No, not forgotten because I'd never, I had oh, never yeah. uh, under undervalued, yeah, and yeah, or written off. And Yin Yoga has been one of those things. Going back to uh, just like the general movement practice, because you're getting a clear picture. Like there's rebounding. I love, I love hearing that you're wanting to do it multiple times a day because it's. I, so far, I'm like every other day, and I kind of want to go in the direction. That I don't you're think going there's in. like too much rebounding. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if you stopped eating, that'd be too much. What? Like if you rebounded so much that, that you, you stopped eat. eating or, yeah. or sleeping. Yeah. Otherwise, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I was gonna say earlier we watched a stand-up comedian who uh, talked about skipping, and he's like, "You start skipping, you're happy now. Like you know, it takes thirty <laughs> minutes to get a runner's high, but you start skipping, you're happy like right now." And it's such a fast way of going around. And uh, I think that rebounding makes me think of that. It's like, it's it's impossible not to be happy when you rebound. Yeah. The same way it's impossible not to be happy when you skip yeah. places. Yeah. Um, if you're still not happy, like the way you're going to stay unhappy if you try to rebound is you're going to stop rebounding. That's, man, knowledge, wisdom. Yeah, you're maybe. really throwing down wisdom right here. I do want to say too that because we have been recultivating our practices you know it's like you, it takes a while to find the routine it takes a long time and i think that uh we had we have for the last couple of years particularly it's we had been moving so much all the time yeah. and constantly adjusting to new environments living in in spaces that didn't really allow, allow for, a routine. for yeah yeah exactly and it's interesting to it's kind of nice to be like ah yes we are settled in the rhythm of this this home right now uh feeling you know it's like we know who we like to watch for the kettlebell workout and we have like different levels of intensity and we know like each each like youtube channel is going to do a different thing and we have our uh favorite yin yoga person and uh, yoga with cassandra shout out and uh this kind of makes me want to 
I don't know. I want to point to the fact that this is the first time in history that you can just sit in your room and have someone do a, a class. Like, it's free. It's so it's I mean, a, a part of me is like takes it for granted. But we're moving with people who spend their time creating classes for that to happen. And it's free. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. Yeah. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah. So that's I don't know. I wanted to just thank thank YouTube. That's uh, I have more to say on the on that topic, but we can we can maybe move on to another practice. Another practice, of course, which I don't think we need to spend much time with. But we've been getting back into meditation. I do it, want to spend a little bit of time okay. on it. Actually, I, I definitely think meditation is it's one of those ones where it's like I get away from it too long. There's some resistance coming back, and then I realize, oh yeah, this is why I meditate, and. I'm happy to be doing it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like working out in that way where I feel like for me, it's three workouts. If I can do three workouts that are, you know, not every day, but like in the week, uh, in the week like in a week or whatever, yeah, I'm in. Like yeah. I'm going to crave working out. I'm going to want to do it. I'm going to enjoy it. I think there's something similar with meditation. It's like when I get off the wagon, it takes me about three to realize that. I don't know. It's hard to talk about because it's like meditation isn't isn't just to feel good in the moment or after. But I notice both of those as side effects to mm -hmm, meditating. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to produce that, but I do notice that mm. it commonly happens. Yeah, go, coming back to my meditation practice has been uh, huge. It's been about two weeks, maybe, of like coming back to it every day and. Uh, Coming back to it is showing me how much going off of it has played into the year that I had. Right. And, uh, and in, you know, it's like, a, let's say I had my meditation practice pretty steady for a year, and then I stop. I'm not going to feel bad right away. It's going to take a minute for the effects and the fogginess of mind and the the disorientation and all of that to settle in and the longer i wait the it's it's like being uh like the frog in boiling water you know it's like i had no idea that i was progressively yeah. getting shittier and shittier until i got to a really shitty place and then and then at that at that point i had forgotten that meditation could even do anything for me and i can't remember why i picked up again because probably i was just my body told me to and i i listened and uh I did it for two days and I had like some of the most grounded days that I had in a really long time. And then I skipped the third day and the third day I was back in mood all over the place hell. And at the end of the day, it took me a minute to realize to make the, the, the correlation. At the end of the day, I was like, this is I can't go on living like this. Like it's some I have to do something. And then I realized I had not meditated that morning. So like ever since I'm very diligent, especially since I'm still in a fairly tender place and I need to keep at it. So I've been pretty I've been diligent every morning, to, even if I can only do 20 minutes to just do 20 minutes. And it's my way of stabilizing my mood. I yeah, guess. I think there. I always there's always a point in a consistent practice that I struggle with, and and I I recognize. Um, I think the one of the ways that would be helpful for this is to find a sangha around here. 
or to have a, like a community because people yeah, don't, might not know that uh, a spiritual community mm-hmm. to sit with um, and a a teacher that mm-hmm. is local. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always a point in my meditation practice where the routine of it oh, yeah. gets um, constricting and deadening. Yeah. And like I'm not with my practice. And it becomes I'm, mechanical. It's yeah, like it you're becomes, clocking in. It's not alive anymore. Yeah. And it's like I, I start meditating again. I'm like, oh wow, I f- totally forgot about this. Like it's all yeah. it's alive. And then there tends to be a part where it becomes like a duty every yeah. day again. And I I think um one of the things that was helpful in in working through that was uh having a local um, in a community and a, and a, and a teacher that I could, um, that would help keep it fresh and help prevent that mm. or, or work through that. And should look for that. Yeah. Another way to do it is just to drink ayahuasca all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think at this point we're not doing that. So I'm half joking, but I'm half serious. It's, yeah. I think. Um, well, that definitely kept the practice alive. Well, it, it's basically, it's a ba- I think it's about finding, Ways to keep con- the connection, uh, keep keep some sort of connection going. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, we've been, so we have been getting back into meditation practice, which is also honestly, I have to say, it's kind of nice because I did not force myself back into it. I didn't. It wasn't a shooting. Like I didn't should myself into meditation again. I just, I think something remembered that this was this was going to be helpful and it has been and it's also I'm just going to say this because I think maybe people will be interested in like what kind of meditation we do um we it's very much embodiment practices and working with the breath we don't necessarily follow we don't follow guided meditation um I think the method is called building the bodhicitta which is the uh the heart mind yeah yeah it's kind of a series of different breathing practices and, and and some visualization as well mm. i sort of see it as like a sort of a training yeah for for uh awakening the heart mind yeah which i ba- basically think it is it's a good way to see it another practice um i've got a, got a couple more in mind one of one of them for me has been uh, keeping a fire oh uh, yeah this this winter um most of the time we're keeping a fire in here to keep things warm and i don't know there's something very uh, meditative about the whole process of like chopping wood and bringing it in, keeping the the outside um, wood stack replenished, mm-hmm. and clearing the ashes from the night before, and um, setting up the fire and uh, lighting it, and then tending to it. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to keep your eye on it all the time. Um, not too hot, you know. You don't want to burn through wood too fast, and don't want to let it die out either and there's a trick to getting the coals hot in the right way so mm-hmm. that you can just keep throwing logs on and, and when do you kind of cut it off because you don't need to be supplying heat um beyond when we go to bed and yeah um there's is it's kind of fire is kind of like a, a friend in the house i think i've heard it said like you're never lonely like a fire keeps company uh-huh. you're never lonely with a fire um and i, I feel that there's it's kind of a a third entity in the mm. house, and um, it's been it's been a nice practice that I've I've been enjoying taking care of. Yeah, you've been the main 
fire tender. I it, don't think I've started a fire since, uh, since it feels the like very a, first it one. It feels I had like to a masculine thing. I mean, it's so, not I, that I'm, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying the process of helping out here and there, but I think you're right. And I think that my, my equivalent, my, my equivalent practice to that is tending the kitchen and yeah. tending the home in, yeah. in, in the larger sense. Although I think we're now, this is cool too because we're now at a place where I think you also are tending the space. I'm more in the kitchen and the nourishment front, but you're like sometimes you spontaneously do the laundry, which never used to be a thing. Yeah, and it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. <laughs> pretty domesticated, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. But, but tending uh, the one thing I like about tending the the fire is like there's there's a metaphor there to tending our inner fires, right? Mm-hmm. Our spiritual fires, and I. I I think something about tending an actual fire stokes and reminds me, especially during this time, of like how to tend teaches me about tending my own inner fire, mm-hmm. um, which is which has always been an important important metaphor yeah. uh, for me particularly. Yeah, I, so I can I can definitely speak about uh, the you know the kitchen as my my practice. It's been really nice to. It's just ongoingly nice. And it's nice. Here's what's nice about it. I have to do it. I do it all year round, every single day. But when we spend most of our waking hours trying to work on other projects and like strive to do X, Y, or Z, then that becomes the chore added at the end of the day that is hard to do. And it's hard to remember that it's also an art. Mm-hmm. because there's not as much spaciousness around it. And I have to, it's something I have to do and it becomes more of a burden. It's like, well, if I don't do it, then we don't eat. And it's just nice to be reminded of how much I love doing this and how much I love when I can take the space and do it. And it's not uh, rushed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reflecting this morning because some of you might know listening that I'm an Enneagram four. And I think I've heard the Enneagram four described as like the individualist, but I've also a pretty common way for it to be described as the artist. And I always thought that was interesting, but also kind of like, eh, I don't know. I don't paint. I don't draw. I don't make music. Like those are like my primary definitions of artists. So I was always a little confused and these days I'm realizing, I oh, know the kitchen is my art. Like the, the, the cooking is my art. And yeah, so it's, it's definitely, pretty, it's definitely your medium of creativity yes. and expression. And it's nice to realize that because I think yeah. delight, of course, yeah. like for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Just, just that. Thank you for that word. That's very nice. But yeah, so it's kind of interesting to remember all these things and continue the exploration to my, into my creativity with, with food. A practice. It's 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 funny because like what is a practice? Because I was gonna say a practice that I've finally got back into is uh, watching stupid YouTube videos by myself. Uh, I was gonna say something similar, which is just a practice of wasting time. Yes, well, I don't like. Well, there's got to be a, a better way to talking about this because to me, it's really not time wasted. Yeah. Well, and, and if yeah. Maybe uh, I think it's the practice of uh, disengaging in the productivity. Uh, cult or something like yes. that. Uh, being non-productive, Revolution. the yes. practice of being non-productive. Yes, and and you, 
Yeah, you've got your stupid YouTube videos. I, I got my uh, stupid um, computer game that I play. So just FYI, I'm allowed to call them stupid. You are not. Oh, all right. So you can call your game stupid, but I am not. Okay. So this you is have your how... YouTube videos. <laughs> I have my stupid game. Um, and also, you know, we, we've been... I think also just a practice of getting back to our marriage as well. Yes. Um, because we, we are spending, you know, we spend a fair amount of time not being productive right now. Yeah. Um, intentionally. Like really trying to to rest. Yeah. Um, and to kind of slow down. And I think we've both seen that has been worthwhile uh, in a lot of ways. And so we've been... You know, we've been going through the Harry Potter movies, uh, which is something that uh, I wanted to do mainly for you. I'm enjoying it as well. I but think, was, but I think once we made it to number four, you you were more engaged. Got more and, on board. Yeah, we're we're halfway through the last one, so that's almost over. But but we're we're spending more time uh, being with each other in ways that aren't work related, which have yeah. been, which is has been needed, and I think it's been a chance for us to get back to our friendship and our relationship. Um, and just give it some much-needed love and attention mm. and time. There's and, been a lot more uh, little love declarations over over here as yeah. a result. Just like not grandiose or anything, but just small small ways of remembering how we love each other and and how we love to spend time together. And I think for a point this year, it became really hard for me to realize that we were more coworkers than we were husband and wife or, or, or friends even. And it felt, I don't, I never totally agreed with that diagnosis. I think we're different. You felt felt it. Yeah. I felt it. And I'm not, I'm not imposing that read on you because I don't, I think it's fair if you didn't feel that, but um, I feel the difference. It's nice to, it's nice to feel that connection. And it feels like it's also correlated with, you know, we, it's been six months since we've moved into this space and, you know, we had basically we had August and September here, fully here, which we were still working fairly intensely. And then and then we came back at the end of October. And so we've had like the end of October, November and now the beginning of December. So we haven't been here a ton like we've only been here like so far four months out of the six or something and so like it's taken a while to figure out and a lot of the first august and september was moving in and and like installing everything but now that there's like a routine like that it's it's really nice to uh this is gonna sound kind of stupid but it's not it's like we have like our chores routine like our 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 morning flow there's a rhythm to the day there's a rhythm to the day that i've actually found that a little tough because i think from traveling and from the way we lived and just from my own personality i've always been resistant to like the limitations of of those kind of rhythms Mm -hmm. right like and i'm enjoying the benefits of yeah. that, the stability it gives. I, I think it is actually a, a more productive way of being. Mm. Um, you can be a little bit more focused and consistent and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I've always had a hard time um, eating at maybe at a regular time and, and I just doing the, the little chores each day. I would tend to let them stack up and, and things like that. And you've been pushing more to to kind of have a, a rhythm with like more frequent chores and mm-hmm. more frequent times to eat and yeah. stuff. And I've been seeing, I've been seeing the benefit of that and using it as a practice of kind of 
letting go of the part of me that wants to transcend those limitations, the limitations of the, right? Because because here's one way many of us are probably familiar with doing it is you stay like at night, maybe you're a night owl or maybe you spent like, because there's no limits at night. You can, you can decide when you want to, I mean, there are, but like you, you can, there's, it feels like there's a ton of space. You can go forever and maybe you don't feel like you, you don't eat or anything. And, so it's a way like where we can trick ourselves into not having to like quote unquote give in Mm -hmm. to the requirements or the limit the end of the day and things like that and i've noticed in me an energy that that's been very resistant to all all forms of like that those limitations Mm -hmm. and this is part of that bigger practice to think of softening and also like just slowing down but also just accepting the limits of each day mm-hmm. and accepting that particularly right now I can't I'm not doing very much and that's okay and accepting you know that I can do one or two things a day mm-hmm. and that and that's okay as well and I don't need to I don't need to do more and I don't need to feel bad for how much I'm doing and for someone like me who's fairly ambitious and fairly um driven that's a, that's been pretty hard, mm. and I feel like I'm, I feel like this is part of a, a bigger pattern, uh, like a, a pretty big pattern, um, that's partly led me to where I am right now, and and the need for for a sabbatical, that I'm kind of, really trying to look at, and kind of hold gently and work with, is this kind of accepting limitations and um, living by a different kind of speed. And another example of one of those for me is that I've almost religiously said no to anything that would cause me to get up early Yeah. for the last month and a half. And that means anything before 10, 10 well, it really means anything before 11, 11.30. Yeah. Just because, yeah, because I'll tend to sleep in until 9, sometimes 10. Though. Yeah. We, um, we woke up at ten this yeah. morning. Yeah, so I, I've, I, it's been a, it's been a pretty much a absolute no to anything that that I can avoid mm-hmm. that that would cut that off because I, I'm, I've been seeing that sleep is my absolute number one priority. Yeah, it's interesting that it's interesting actually noticing that twice today on the podcast I mentioned that we got up at ten and every time it's followed by an internal sense of shame that someone might listen to this and like judge us for being such lazy fucks. And it's so interesting to notice how ingrained this is, like those fears around actually resting and like what are people going to say? I've uh, been I've been contemplating um I've been reading Thomas Berry. He uh and he's got a book called uh oh, The man, Great Work. The Great Work or Our Way into the Future, which he's basically um, Thomas Berry is a pretty epic thinker. It's pretty impressive. And the book's kind of addressing how we move into a different phase of, of being, basically, because we're, we're running out of time. And uh, so so it's serious. It's deadly serious, actually, but I, I actually find him very comforting mm. um, because he he's quite a visionary. But he he was talking, he got me reflecting on just how obsessed we are in America with work. I think he was reflecting, or he was 
he was comparing us to like the na- the first peoples and Native Americans that lived here before us. They just the it was a broad comment, right? Like, so I, I, I'm not sure. Was he referring more to hunter gatherers too? Uh, probably. Yeah. But like, I think he was referring to the first peoples. Uh-huh. This is probably probably a little too broad uh, for to to take in that whole ga- category. But the general comment was. They were not that interested in working. Let me put it a better way. They were more interested in living in in the art of living than in working. And so like when work took them, they didn't work beyond that. They worked to sustain and support and enrich that. And I don't know what it is. I know I can see it in myself clearly as well, but like I think I think it's definitely partly our Puritan background. It's definitely partly the way that we moved into this country and what we were running away from mm-hmm. but it's gone off the rails like we are so and we've seen we're so obsessed with work and we built we built a whole cult, culture that that is also obsessed with it and seems to require it mm-hmm. and like you know even when we go to france so like or europe you're just like whoa it's not yeah i i, I don't i don't know why i don't i don't understand and i and it's not easy to opt out of in this country either mm. in a lot of ways. It's like we, we've almost built a world in where it's almost required. You yeah, know? yeah, I think we have. And I think that, that I've, been refle- I've been reflecting on similar things, actually. But, like, th- I don't know, through honestly, through reading um, Little House on the Prairie and, like, trying to imagine what the days must be like. Not for the men, because it's obvious that it was just pretty relentless, but for the for the women— and just realizing, like, the work was the things that we now have to do on the side of an already overflowing platter of work. Like, it was just, you know, sweeping the floor in the morning and making the beds and making sure that there's food at the how, the hours yeah. that we eat. And just, like, realizing how much, really, the so much of what we do in what we say work is stuff that that doesn't apply, that doesn't correlate to living in to like really the base like having a shelter and having food and having water and yeah there's there's this peculiar thing that that we've seemed to have succumbed to in this country where where it's like we're not working we're not it, working to live we're no, living yeah to we're work. Not, yeah yeah but like and the work is actually actually getting the way in the way of a better life yeah and also it, like we're in this double bind where like actually it reminds me also of a um, reflection in Little House on the Prairie that you told me about where um, like I think the parents were farmers mm-hmm. and they were sending their kid off to school or something, but they were worried about him becoming a merchant. Yeah. Because uh, if they're, if he's a merchant and he's trading, right, and he's dealing in money basically, he doesn't have the means to provide for himself. He loses a certain independence. He's yeah. always dependent on others, right? Yeah. And we've all become merchants. Yeah. Um, we're all dependent. And, and so in some way, we've kind of lost that self-sufficiency. And maybe it's nece- maybe it's necessary. Who knows? But whatever the case is, we've lost it. And we're all dependent on what seems like a sort of culture that's gone off the rails in, in, in some ways. And I, I also reflect on the fact that, like, we're such a young country, you know? 
And like, because you're reading Little House on the Prairie, and like, just a hundred years ago, yeah, Oregon was settled, hundred. right? Like, yeah. or a little bit more than that, or mm-hmm. a little bit less. I don't know, but it's like, whoa, that a hundred years ago. First off, like, I can't. That's got to be the fastest change. Like, like that. That is such a drastic change. Yeah, I mean, reading the Little House on the Prairie takes place in 1880, and then I just found myself comparing. 1880 to 1980 and my mind exploded that that so much changed yeah it's not even recognizable no as the same same place so weird and but we're such a young country and we seem to i don't know i I can almost relate like a, a lot of times what i think is fascinating to do is is to look at like i was i was reflecting on this just the other day is to to like look at um the structures we create in our country or in our government or the kind of big uh, structures outside of us, right? The macro. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ask myself, how does this relate to my internal uh, psyche and the way it's set up? And like, is there a correspondence here? Mm. And so, for example, like, like I was, I was reflecting on the, uh, the fact that the American government, I don't know what it is. Let's say it's like 60% or something. We spend uh, we spend a, a massive amount of money on, on defense, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's by far the largest part of our budget. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is right now, but you know, we could use 60% as a working number. Who It doesn't really matter. We, we know it's the majority. And I was just, how, how might that reflect in, in the way I'm made up? And like, well, yeah, I, I probably... I, I, I could see how I spend the majority of my energy and resources on defending myself, mm. like ego defenses mm. in different ways and like different subtle patterns of mm. basically doing things to either defend myself or prepare myself, like set myself up to, to be able to defend and attack. Mm-hmm. Like all the psychic activity that's really done. For example, you and I were exploring the other day just um, remembering and the the, mm. the the how important is it to actually remember things? We spend a lot of time like trying to remember dates and put like facts in chronological order, yeah. right? And then be accurate. And we were exploring why that was a worthwhile cause and like the fear that comes from not remembering. Yeah. And and for me the fear was that I would be well, I linked it to survival. Mm. Um if if I can't remember, if I don't have a good enough memory. Um, I won't survive. And it seemed to, if I break that down, there seems to be two categories to that. One is like, I could become socially outcast. So social survival, because like, if I can't remember things, I'll either look incompetent to people, they won't take me seriously, or I could offend them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, think about forgetting people's like children birthday or, or birthday or yeah, names yeah. or, or some, the fact their father died yeah. or whatever. Um, and the other one being like, well, well, people just see you as kind of the village idiot. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then there's also, well, I could become vulnerable. Like people could take advantage of me if I can't remember, like mm. if I can't keep my facts straight, right? Like if I don't invest enough energy in like keeping the reality wrangled down. Yeah. And these are all forms of of, of defense. And you were pointing out, well, what if you like uh, possibly, right? A level of, it seems to be the case that enlightenment or as as you go into higher levels of awakening, you're in the now. Yeah. So, well, past, pre- like future and, and past, those take you out of the now, right? A lot of what we're to- doing when we're sitting on our cushion is letting go of of thoughts that are usually thinking about the future or the past, mm-hmm. right? Like, so so 
potentially higher levels of awareness is being more centered in the now, which is letting go of a lot of the facts. Like I maybe, mean, uh, there's a, a pretty classic example of that is like the Dalai, the Dalai Lama when he comes and he gets like interviewed by people. So maybe he's like giving like a, some sort of like press conference or whatever, and people are asking him questions and a journalist he answers someone's question. And then the next journalist is like, well, what about you were about what you were just saying to my colleague? Can you expand on that? And, and then the Dalai Lama is like, I have no memory of, I have no recollection of what I just said. Like this is, this was before I'm here now. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are we talking about? And now? I can relate to this in the shamanic work because this is similar to how an Icaro will come through. I don't remember it. It yeah. comes through. It's super powerful. I don't remember it. Yeah. So we can, we can see how, um, keeping all these facts in, 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 in these memories and stuff is taking us out of the present. Mm -hmm. And actually at higher levels, we might actually just let go of that. And I think something that we, we were talking about that. And one thing I've realized is like, it, it's not necessarily that it has to be that it's like, oh, it's a higher level of consciousness. It's more like for, for me realizing that recently, because I have been the experience, I've been having the experience of not remembering very well things that I just said was like realizing like not so, not so much that it's a higher level of consciousness because I don't know but that it's a it's a valid like it's a valid type of consciousness yeah and, and it's not one I need I, I don't need to fight against it yeah yeah because it's basically real and maybe this is what the awakening might be is like a, a recognizing that marshaling all these resources to keep your ducks in a row in case someone were to challenge you mm -hmm. on it or mm -hmm. or want like or there was social expectation that you remembered it mm -hmm. might not be a good use of resources yeah. right and actually might not be very interesting or very necessary to continue mm -hmm. and we just do that because we're fucking scared mm -hmm. or we feel like it's linked to our survival mm. and that's the general that's that's what i've been trying to actually tease out from my own experiences like yeah i think that's mainly the case because i also don't remember i've noticed two things about this is one oftentimes i, I don't remember things and then i realize maybe the scarier realization is i don't give a fuck that i don't <laughs> remember those things and i don't make any effort to try to remember them later again yeah and and i've and i've been asking you about that like uh <laughs> like should i like am i losing my shit uh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah. or is this like you know, three steps from insanity, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. is this like, and in some sense, yes, not insanity, but you are like, that. that's some of what we do to keep a, self, a sense of self, right? Yeah. So it is, you're, you're like loosening, yeah, like the self is going to, um, so, so it's, it's kind of freaky. Um, <laughs> anyway, this all goes back to the government and their high budget for defense, right? Yeah. Because I could see when I reflect on that long enough, I'm like, gee, that's stupid. That's really stupid. We shouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> and then I, and then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, I do that. Oh, this is like, this is just a reflection. The American government is a reflection of my own constitution. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I don't remember now why you why, were saying uh, all can this? you tell me this because that, no, that was a setup we, for something we were talking the last thing uh, you said before that was that uh the country is very young yes the country is very young and and sometimes i reflect on that also as like an ego well like, right like it's yeah. kind of interesting to look at the there's all it's complicated but like just maybe for a little while to play with it like uh think about it as an ego structure mm -hmm. Much like my own. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, well, 
The U.S. is um, a young country, right, by most world standards. Yeah. And are we... Are slash were, I don't know, whatever, maybe we're still on top at the moment. Like we're number one, yeah, right? Like in, in like economic ways, although sure, I don't want to talk about China or anything, but like. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. They until either like very recently or whatever, like we've been in that, we, we've led the world in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in the American psyche, we think we still are, whether regardless of if we are or if we're not. I mean, you still are like on, on, on the broader West and and even worldwide, like you are the most mass producing of. Uh, We've got a lot of influence. You know? We have we we're used to getting most of the attention. Yeah. Right. And what is it like? What so? What's it like for a young ego, a young a young person used to getting most of the attention? Well, they try to keep that attention. Plus, and they think that they must be. Doing and they think they de- right. yeah, <laughs> and they think they deserve it. And but but and we put a lot, and so we put a lot of energy into keeping that attention. It's like a, maybe like a early movie star or something, mm-hmm, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to keep this going. Mm-hmm. I got to, and it takes a hell of a lot of effort. Oh, so this is how you tie it all back to the fact that we're all just running in hamster wheels instead of stopping and eating. Yes. Okay. Yes. Is that like, we're, we're all, got we've it. all got this in our psyche that for some reason we need to be number one, maybe because for survival reasons yeah. or for vanity reasons or whatever, but we're accustomed to it. It's what we know. Yeah. It's it's our mythos, our culture, and and so we accept the deal, which is like that takes a massive amount of energy to sustain, mm-hmm. a massive amount of energy to sustain, and like I I wonder what it like, like I guess I'm asking it for my myself because I notice these these patterns in myself as well. It's like what if I fucking get stopped? Well, if I stopped, I'd probably actually be a lot happier. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I'd, maybe this project isn't that important. Yeah, you know, maybe yeah. it's pretty stupid. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> is I know. Wasn't like, that- what if we just stopped? What if the whole country was like, hey, you know what? This whole being number one thing and like... Well, I think honestly that's part... That's probably part of what's happening at a at a bigger collective level. I think that the the way... Some of the interesting things that have happened after the world froze over with COVID uh, and like the, the, the government's response to how we were going to, you know, respond to this to this disease that was going around is uh, the world kind of stopped. And we're seeing it, I think, in the economy where there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, my God, this is. What if we just give up permanently? Like, wouldn't we be happier? Like, it, I'm. The- it's really interesting to notice what your butt is, listener. Like, if you're listening to mm-hmm. that, and then and you're like, "But this," mm. you probably already did it. What is that butt? Because that's a that's a really interesting thing to explore for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because in and and I would ask, it's hard to know if that's actually true of reality, but it may be true of your reality. Yeah. And it may be an interesting question to explore for how you relate in the world mm. as well. Because I noticed my, I was noticing my butt. As, Which was what? My butt was something along the lines of like, oh, but if we, there's bad actors in the world. And which I think this is a common line we're fed. And there's some truth in it, right? But yeah. like, there's bad actors in the world and uh, we need to be one of the balances of power. Like, maybe we're not the policemen of the world. I think that one's a bit outdated, right? Yeah. But but but, but if we oh, so it would be a vacuum of power mm. and and there's bad actors in the world and and 
and I think that's a, probably a fantasy in some oh, ways, man, and it's, it's so, just so much more complicated than that. But but yeah, so that that that's one of the. It, and it's interesting. That's a heroic. That seems. Like I was going to say impulse. that sounds like a twenty-two-year-old who thinks he's going to save the world. And I think what, that's the line we're fed a lot. Yeah, Russia, China. Yeah. Like what if? Like then then, you know. Who, yeah. Who, I mean, but, but TikTok is already running. Well, here, USA, here, you know, so <laughs> China's already won. Well, so. you know, also the interesting just, thing is, if you're in any other country in the world, you're saying the U.S. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they're yeah. one of the bad actors, and <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and fair enough, I think we are, like in a lot of ways. And if we can't see that, that's also an interesting observation, right? Like we're not able to mm. to see a more robust, full picture of ourselves. Yeah. We tend to see ourselves, like even now, just seeing seeing us in a positive light when I'm like, wait, 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 we're the ones that exported Coca-Cola all around the world. Like mm-hmm. we're the ones that everyone, like, the, the, we all, I don't we even all know if looking at it as nations is the best know. way. It seems yeah. to be like, um, movements or energies that animate the nations. I that, think as a, as an Enneagram four who gets called the individualist, really, it's so funny that that was your butt because like, to me, that doesn't even begin to cross my mind. It's like, if I can just raise my, my children and attend my home in peace. But could you? That's the question. Well, that yeah, I don't know about that. That's probably where my butt would go. It's like, well, if everyone gives up, then uh, no, I want some people to keep keep yeah, turning, which your, is still going to happen. You want Not your YouTube content creators to I keep do. to keep turning. Do. Actually, it up. I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm sure I'll be sad, but I'll move on from that. But uh, I don't know. I want to. I want to leave but, this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to be over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we can. It can be over right now. Yeah. What if uh, we just stopped? Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. Please uh, buy yourself a rebounder. That's really that's yeah. really all you need to take away from this conversation. <laughs> buy yourself a rebounder for Christmas and have a good time. Yeah, remember that. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> As always, there's a few ways you can support this podcast if you're enjoying it. Yes. The first is you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash thefaroutcouple. You can. Every dollar contributed goes directly to this podcast and the creators of that podcast <laughs> and is very, very helpful and it appreciated. Uh, the second way is you can buy some Guatemalan organic, fair trade, beautiful, delicious cacao. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a link in our show notes for that. You'll get a small discount. We'll get a small commission. And it's a win, win, win. You'll be supporting a good cause. And the third way you can support this podcast is free. You can leave a review we takes will, two minutes. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We'll read it on a future episode of the podcast, and we will be eternally singing your praises. That's what we do. Yes. All right, we'll see you next week. Toodles. Toodles. Toodles.